This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach. And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. We were chatting off mic, and so sorry you weren't there, but sometimes we've got to chat off mic, and that's just how it happens, I'm afraid, uh, when you get two pals together who only get to chat once a week. Peach, we sometimes mm. reveal little aspects mm-hmm. of our past, one of which was, you know, we start pre-podcasts, we made yep. community radio together, mm. and there are so many lessons they taught us that were like yep. things that everybody does on radio, and they're like, you should never do because it alienates the people listening or the listener. Yep. You should never talk about people. You should only, it should be a conversation between me and you listening. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Yep. One of the things they said is never be like, oh, this is the fun stuff we were doing before off mic because it alienates the listener. Suck shit. Suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were having the sickest chat off mic. It was, imagine if you were there. <laughs> we are talking about the fact it's been like 11 years, I think, since The weekend released the first of those three mixtapes. Remember, like, wasn't like a Drake tweet who was like, hey, it's a pretty cool mixtape. Um, <laughs> was Twitter that, uh, even around 11 years ago? Fuck, I don't I know. I think it was. I think it was just getting bad, like where the algorithm <laughs> stops telling you stuff in, in a time in a time way. Man, it's so, like 11 years ago is basically forever ago, but, but, but Shag and I were using it as a prism to look at the passage of time. Uh, look, we have changed from an aggressive... Uh, podcast where we uh, mock those with fears and try to violently overcome them ourselves into a bit more of a 2022 it's January it's summertime I've just been at the beach self-care flavored podcast where sometimes you're just allowed to be afraid of things shag and I'm coming into today feeling a little bit comfortable with the idea that look perhaps I'm just scared of some stuff and that's okay you know what mm. we've had some really nice messages on our socials this week big ups to everybody who's listening big ups to everyone who's on the same journey peach is in slowly getting over their fear of horror movies love talking to you guys off mic it's awesome you know what is funny though every now and then somebody will be like oh i've started listening from the start and in Mm. the same way it's crazy to think the weekend came up as this hedonistic the nightlife I, i don't care about anything you know, I want to kill myself having sex with a million people. It was slightly spooky. It was very yeah. like cocaine added, like House House of Balloons, wasn't it? Yeah. Like was that was it was that and first Glass one that Table opened Girls. with? I don't even want to like like even that name, Glass Table Girls, just makes me feel weird. But mm. and no kink shaming in any way. We've never been a kink shaming podcast. No. But even in, in the way that the weekend has changed. I don't think I could listen back to the early Spookos. Like, and I, like as you know, I edit these and then I just move on to the next one. Yep. I don't know what the first ones sound like. First of all, we didn't have proper mics, so we're prob- we probably sound awful. We were in, a, we were in FBI studios oh, we for the were first in like, FBI. 30. Yeah, that's right. Fuck, you really have lost me. Like, you really I, don't, you really don't be, listen This back. is episode 122. There have been other episodes besides that. We have been mm. doing this podcast for a long time. Every single week we put something out. It's yep. been a while. 
I wonder how long it's going to be till you accidentally come on with a repeat. Actually, without like, <laughs> with that in mind, we like Paige today. We're doing Hellraiser. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, look. One of the things we mentioned at the start of the year. Mm. I'm trying to make my way through all the suggestions people have made. Mm. So I've reached back to a guest from an earlier episode, our friend Rob, who joined us on the Faces hey. of Death episode. Really worth Ugh. checking out. It's one of the few films that... Have... Like, have you checked it out? Like, it's <laughs> no, like... no. <laughs> <laughs> but in my memory, it's really good. Yes. Yeah, but what I do remember is Rob, alongside some other people as well, mm. made a suggestion of an Australian horror film. And after last week's episode, mm. which was very heavy, very weighty, and arguably not really a horror film, more of a just disturbing film, mm. I wanted to get back into our zone. I wanted to get back into... Back on our bullshit. Yes, uh, Yeah, basically, I wanted exploitation. I wanted gory deaths. I wanted characters that don't really make any sense. Yes. I wanted a bad guy that's evil just for the sake of being evil. Yes. All of those things. And I wanted an 81-minute runtime. That yes. was the most important thing. So, Peach, today, and thanks to everybody who suggested this film, I, I ended up watching it this week, and I don't know if I loved it, but there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. And, Peach, I want you, because I've taken some notes, but I'm not going to be mm. following them, but, Peach, I want you to, when we get to the drill bit, remind me that it's the first time that they have a realistic approach to killing someone with a drill. When you say drill bit, is this like welcome to Brixton comes on as part of the... <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay, so today we're doing an Australian horror exploitation film from 2009 called The Loved Ones. Can you go to the dance with me? I'm going with Holly. Guess who asked me to the dance? Tell me, who is she? I'll never tell. No. Pretty as a picture. What are you looking at? Bring the hammer, Daddy. This year's queen of the dance is Lola Stone. with Barbies and drillers on that. <laughs> so we really are getting back into our zone this week because last week it wasn't even a Wikipedia synopsis. The film was so new. I was reading out the notes I wrote down mm. while I was watching the film. We're going back to Wikipedia. Yeah. And in classic Wikipedia style, mm. I've just been going over this in the immediate 15 minutes before we went on mic. And I do have to point out that this film inspired a real-life torture in 2013 by a man who was a big fan of this film. So, I mean, like, I don't know at what blame you apportion 
to a film that a torturer was a fan of and decided to reenact. I guess you apportioned some blame. It is it is awkward, right? So so if you use the but for test, right? So the torturing would not have happened but for this film. Like, can we say that? And I, the answer is surely. No, I, 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 I doubt it because I mean, what we saw, you know, what was really cool about Nitram is mm. that there was no one moment where Nitram was like, got it. I'm going to do this thing. Yeah, It okay. was a lifetime of, of outward forces that mm. led to the inevitability of it happening. Mm. And so in the same way, if a torturer is inspired by a film's techniques to do something, Mm. I, I I think if that but for is that is that a is that a legal test you sort of uh, use it's, that uh, it, it's one way to put like a negligent a test for negligence and I'm not a tort lawyer so just go easy <laughs> on me you fucking <laughs> asshole tort lawyers they're also litigious <laughs> but it's a it's a test in the, in in the law of negligence um, about causation so the question is did something cause something else. Um, one one way of calculating that that I'm sure the fucking tort lawyers are going to be all over is would it have happened but for, sorry, would it not have happened but for the film existing? And I suspect it's a challenging thing. You know, this is the Joker, shoot, a person dressed as the Joker shooting up the Dark Knight Rises. Like I, I think it's challenging to blame the work of art that apparently sets off these issues but i think it's also fair to say we're both very qualified to comment on stuff like this and it's good that you and i are shooting from the hip <laughs> with zero expertise i think the more views you and i share <laughs> the better all right well look let's do this film okay it mm. is an australian cult horror film as we said before every single horror film is a cult film yep i think this one to... and we said some sick stuff off mic before that was awesome too but i think this one to some degree because mm. it's like generally Australian films get forgotten immediately. We don't have that big a film industry. Often films get made and quickly abandoned because we're weirdly not massive consumers of Australian content until it gets like a cosign from overseas. Like the Babadook. Like if the Babadook didn't get huge overseas, I can imagine it just sort of falling flat here. Well, I was going to say, what's the most famous Australian film you know and it would kind of be like, oh, like fucking, I don't know, strictly ballroom, like <laughs> Mad Max or Muriel's Wedding or something. All these films are like 30 years old plus. Yeah. That it's tough to like nail down. Like, and I'm sure I'm missing some huge obvious one. You know, get at me, Australian cinema industry. But I think it's challenging. There's that degree of cultural cringe where we'll only love it, as you rightly say, once someone from overseas says it's good. Nitram style, indeed. It won the Palm Door or whatever. And straight away, you're like, sick, yeah. Yeah. Perfect film, love it. Always loved it. Go Australia. (laughs) But, okay, so so with that in mind, the fact that this is a small horror film that only made 400 grand at the box office, so basically nothing, Mm. is still being talked about and mentioned and suggested today, says to me that this has some some cult value. And... Mm. After seeing it and after you hear what happens in it, you can totally see why. This is, you know what, I was actually going to describe, I was going to say before knowing what I know now about Mm. this film inspiring a real-life torturer Yeah, is that this is the right side of fun in the exploitation sort of genre in the same way that, you know, when we talked about the most disturbing films of all time and there are those films where it's just like, 
like the the August undergrounds where it's like we're just going to show these people or like you know uh necromantic where it's like we're actually just going to show the most fucked things on screen for the hell of it <sighs> this this is definitely really twisted and goes further than I really thought it was going to go but in a way that I and and there are moments in this film where genuinely I was like and there isn't even really that much gore, but there are moments where I was just like, oh, I just couldn't watch and knew it was happening. <laughs> oh, and, God. And, and, but in a way where I was like, I found it enjoyable. And again, obviously that's a troubling thing to say now, knowing what I know about what happened in 2013. But anyway, okay. So let's do this film. 2009 yep. cult Australian horror film called The, the Weekend's Less Than Two Years From Breaking. <laughs> um, Drake's, Drake's like, big, like which mixtape got big before the Thank Me Later album? Uh, so Far Gone. Yeah, So Far Gone's pretty big. Yeah. I think Fancy was on that and Best I Ever Had and stuff. Everyone's dancing to Best I Ever Had. As Drake said, like, you know, while everyone's out partying, sorry, what is it? Everyone always says to me, no one works as hard as you. I'm like, yeah, well, they tell me and it's probably true. But while these guys are out partying, I'm just here making all the music that they party to. So Drake's out. Drake's out (laughs) making the soundtrack for this film as it's being recorded. So it starts with high schooler Brent is driving with his father, Dan, on a typical Australian country road. And you know exactly the kind. It's the sort of thing that's in a road safety commercial. Yep, completely get it. Where, yeah, you know exactly what I mean, right? Where the they'll name be like, Brent says most of it. I'm surprised there's no Shanes in there yet, but yeah. Oh, they probably the names are very like Australian, Australian. names 101. Yeah. yeah, yeah, white Australian 101. Good. Yeah. So they're driving along. Now remember, Brent is driving and his dad is in the passenger seat. When a bloodied man with like a heart carved into his chest walks into the middle of the road. Swerving to avoid the man, Brent crashes his vehicle into a tree and we find out later that he kills his father in that crash. Good foreshadowing. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Okay, that's how it begins. Six months later, we're in a high school. We're at the lockers. Not a hugely expensive production, so there's no extras. So it's probably Ooh, after school. Pretty or empty it's, school. Okay, yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> or it's before school. <laughs> how anyway. funny is it how it's a weekend when we have to just, just be at school, you guys? How crazy is it? <laughs> So Brent is at his locker mm. and he politely turns down Lola, who we can see is like a little bit of a nerdy, not not great socially girl who invites him to... Now, now we have to make a point here. Invites mm. him to the prom, mm. which I believe I heard in the film script and in this Wikipedia synopsis, where in Australia it is only called the formal. There is yep. nowhere where... As far as I know, yep. there is no way where it is not called the formal. Yep. It's called the yep. formal, not the prom. Yep, in Australia, that's right. And also no school uniforms. So this is obviously made to be like America bait of yeah. like trying to do exploitation, but like, hey, you got like, you know, if it's Australia, we got school uniforms. Which is true. It's like, like even in like most public schools, it's actually kind of rare to have no school uniforms in Australia. As far I, as I've seen. I think it's almost zero. Like it's only like... With the greatest of respect, fucking wacko, like Steiner schools and shit. <laughs> and I mean fucking wacko in the genuine sense. Like it's a bad place. And you, shouldn't, you shouldn't let children go. No, um, if you want to raise individualistic <laughs> teenagers who believe their importance and their lives are more important than others, 
take them to and one of those schools. And they're equipped for the world around them. <laughs> so you're sort of not even giving them a chance. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to go. Like, that's the way to go. <laughs> we're unable to get along with others in a group, unable to accept instructions. Yeah, yeah. And who good. will definitely die first into crypto and NFTs the moment. Oh, they... that's extremely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, not that there's anything wrong with those things. I'm just saying. Anyway. I had a very good chat recently with someone who I like and trust. Um, who I was like, oh, so like an NFT is the new crypto. He's like, man, crypto is the new crypto. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait for us all to be dead. My God. Okay, Ugh, it's so going to be the best. It's going to be so good. <laughs> all right. Okay, so now Brent politely turns down Lola by saying that he's already accepted an invitation by his girlfriend, Holly. Later, he and Holly have So sent- his girlfriend says, like, oh, can I come to the prom? Like, don't take your girlfriend to the prom. How yeah. about me? Well, the, the implication is, and spoiler alert, mm. Lola's the bad guy, and she doesn't have much of a motive beyond that she's crazy and evil. So, which which is, it's kind of liberating sometimes to have a film where it's like, you don't have, like, it, you don't have to engage your moral compass in any way for this film. Yeah, okay. I was like, you're bad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, so he then goes outside. Holly's there. She's like, hey, can I give you a lift? And he's like, wow, you passed your driver's license. Lots of exposition in the first five minutes. Nice. And she's like, yeah, let's go to the car. And then they go to their car and they start having sex. And Ooh, Holly's wow. all like, and, and he's like, guess what? Someone else invited me to the prom. And she's like, who? And he's like, I won't tell. And they keep having sex and she keeps being like, will you tell me now? And she like removes another item of clothing. I don't know. He's like, I won't tell. And then anyway, so, so there's, there's this thing happening where they're having sex in the car and he's for some reason not telling her that it was Lola. And then we see Lola outside in the distance watching through the window them having sex in the car. I must say, like, we rag on teenagers a lot, but having to be creative in your locations to have sex is one of the more frustrating teenage things of, like, the ability to have sex in a house with a bed and doors you can lock and be like, fuck off, (laughs) or a hotel room or whatever it is, is one of the perks of adulthood that is underrated, I think, Shag. Teenagers are geniuses. I was very innocent. I'm just talking about kissing. Like, where could you kiss someone? You can't well, do you remember them. there'd be like a make-out room at, party, at some <laughs> yeah. of the younger parties? It'd be like, there's a make-out room. Everyone <laughs> needs to make out. We've talked about this before, but remember mm. when the invitation to make out was like, do you want to come see the house? Well, I'm married to the person I started dating when I was 18. <laughs> so like my most recently used pickup line um, is essentially like, we should really explore around the house. What do you reckon? <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool. Why, why There's so many cool just, rooms to check yeah, out. Yeah, probably heaps. Probably heaps of rooms. Pretty interesting stuff. <laughs> All right. Okay. So anyway, it's because it's the beginning, and this is a very short film. Lots mm. of exposition. Uh, Brent is guilt-ridden over his father's death, so he's turned to recreational cannabis use. Mm. which uh, actually we know is a self-medicating thing. Like lots of people use weed to self-medicate for a variety of things. Mm. Uh, And it's since become something that's legal in many parts of the world to medicate yourself for many conditions. So not only that, he's cutting himself um, with a razor blade. In this Wikipedia, it says that's hidden in his necklace. He just has a razor blade around his neck on a chain. Well, hang on, Brent does. Brent does, yeah. What? And like okay. one of those, remember those ball bearing chains? 
in the oh, new metal yeah. era, but like a slightly longer one. But it's just got a it's got a razor blade on the end, and he just like cuts himself with it to like feel things. And there's a scene where it's like he's just trying to feel something, and then he cuts himself, and then he hangs himself off or doesn't. Ha- sorry, he doesn't hang himself. He climbs up like a like a rock face, hangs off with his head back and his hand cut, and he's like, "I'm finally free, and I'm finally feeling stuff." Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so at home, I think now the formal's happening tonight now. Like, I, I don't know how yeah, okay. this is like, the timeline's weird, but I think now the formal's happening tonight. And Brent's mother insists on him taking a taxi rather than a ride with Holly because she's inexperienced. And he's like, is that because I was inexperienced when I killed dad? And mom doesn't say anything and leaves. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, as a parent... Don't leave that hanging in the air. Be like, no, it's not. I care for you. What happened with your father is in the... Like, my God, like, fucking parent your kid. Well, you would sort of be like, yeah, you fucking killed my husband. It'd be <laughs> great if you didn't die as well. Like, is, it, is it a big problem? <laughs> it's, yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> your track record's not great. <laughs> it's not a big data set. But <laughs> All right, okay. So... He oh and this 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 scene I talked about the hanging off a cliff this mm. is this happens now so it's the formal tonight mm. he goes to the cliff hangs off and then climbs back up and he's lying down when someone a man like a, a man we haven't seen before knocks him out and kicks his phone off the cliff. Oh, what year are we in? I thought we were in the seventies. Oh no, we're in like it's like two thousand and nine. Yeah. yeah, okay. They've got like shitty. I think this. I don't know if this is pre iPhone, but he doesn't have an iPhone. We're not at iPhone, everyone having Motorola iPhones. Razor. Yeah, yeah, sick. I get it. I'm there. Okay, so Brent wakes up bound to a chair. I guess the dreams, love versus money, would have come out in this year. Like, so that's a really great sort of contemporary R and B sort of vibe to be in. Despite all the awful stuff happening, music wise, mm. this is a great year. Yes, although it, I'm concerned that that's just because of my age at the time was like ripe for music listing. Like there was that Rick Ross album that was sick. There was that Animal, what are they called? Animal Collective, Meriwether oh, yeah. Beach Pavilion that was extremely sick. Great record. Is this, do you want to edit this out? Is this a boring story? Let's or edit this out. Let's edit. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Off mic, off mic. Right, off mic. <laughs> All right. He finds out as he's woken up, bound mm. to this chair, his captors are Lola and her father, Eric, the man who mm. knocked him out, who have decorated their house in imitation of the formal. He keeps saying the prom. I'm just going to say the formal, okay? Yeah. Who have decorated their house in imitation of a formal, and they're also dressed up. So he's in a suit. She's in a dress that we saw in a scene before that he mm. bought for her with shoes. And Brent is also wearing a tuxedo that he wasn't wearing before. Yeah, okay, because he yeah. Uh, not to step out of the film too much, but like, can you imagine selling this? Of like, Americans, we even called it the prom for you. <laughs> Look, and we didn't do a school uniform. We're like, Americans, come on, get into it. Well, that'd be really awkward trying to distribute this film, Shag. Okay. So the three Ugh. are sat at a table. We would of- have called it the formal. <laughs> like, fuck. We changed heaps of stuff. It would have been easier for us to do a school uniform. We'd be like, come on. Oh. So all three of them are sat at a table alongside a fourth person, a lobotomized woman they call Bright Eyes, who is also dressed up, but she has a large uh, circular wound right between her eyes. Uh, and she's sort of just dribbling and not really there and doesn't know what's going on. 
Now, <laughs> now, as he wakes up, Lola and her dad, and this is this, like the, some of the things in here are quite creative, and I think this is where things get kind of murky in the fact that this inspired copycats. <sighs> to stop Brent from speaking, you're going to hate this. In fact, and you listening, you're going to fucking hate this too. So, she was talking if, about it off mic. Okay. <laughs> so, to stop Brent from speaking, Lola and her dad inject Brent's voice box with bleach. So all he can sort of do is go like, and not really. Destroying his vocal cords, making him unable to scream or talk. Okay, I'm really upset. I've really elevated a long way. It's not good, right? It's not good. Uh, She begins to humiliate him, experiencing a, this is the this is a weirdly written wikipedia synopsis is usually a quite fact-based whereas this yeah. i feel like is interpreting the film yeah, so okay. she begins to humiliate him experiencing arousal in the process i don't like that line i'm just reading wikipedia verbatim now briefly brent manages to free himself and run outside but is recaptured by the sadistic father and daughter who, oh God, this is where it's fucked. So they put him back in the chair because there's a moment where he gets outside like pretty early on in the capture, like yeah. after the, they, they inject his voice box. And so the dad is like to like to make sure you don't go anywhere, gets like a kitchen knife, yeah. puts, it above his, put it, puts it above his foot and then just hammers it into his foot and then gets another kitchen knife and hammers it into the other foot. It's so fucked. It's so unbelievably fucked. And that's not even the worst thing that's going to happen in this film. Anyway, so Lola shows Brent a scrapbook with photos of all of these different boys who turn out to be her past victims. And we start to get a bit of a motive, which again, isn't a real motive, but she's looking for the one. And so her and her dad have been capturing boys and either they've ended up crying or weighing themselves or doing other things during this process that she's decided that they're unworthy. And we don't know what's happened to them. We assume they're dead, right? Yeah, but are we to assume they're all fellow students at her school? Well, they all have missing posters attached to them in her scrapbook with, like, love hearts around them. So it's a very, like, Lola and Ben. And, like, it's it's a picture of Lola holding hands with... Ben, but it's his yeah, okay. missing poster. This is like the scene from Incredibles where the bad guy's doing various models of the Omni Droid and goes through all the versions, which it's is basically the kills. Incredibles. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm there. All right. Incredibles with soundtrack by the Dream. Yep, I'm there. Now Brent recognizes Timmy Valentine, who was the man with the heart carved on his chest, who was the you know was one of the reasons behind the crash that killed his dad. And Timmy turns out to be the brother of Mia Valentine. The pro- Okay, so there's this whole subplot that's not really talked about here where yeah. basically basically Brent's best friend, Jamie, has gone to the prom with Mia, who is the sister of Got one Timmy of the victims, Valentine. right? Sick, and they're yeah. sort of like a goth couple and they end up like making out on the dance floor and then in the car to like heavy metal and stuff. And it's this whole subplot and it's kind of also played for laughs because he's a bit awkward and she's super cool and a little bit taller than him. And they're, they're like an odd couple. It's like a teen, that, that whole subplot. I get subplot very is American like a, Pie energy from, from those two. Hugely, very American mm. Pie energy. Weird tonally for this film that is incredibly dark 
when we come into these scenes. And yeah. also, like, keep in mind that these uh, Lola is is not entirely successful as a bad guy. Like, when she's always like, I'm going to hurt you, and talks in, like, baby talk or funny talk, it's not that creepy. But the actual things they're doing, like the injecting the bleach, the knives in the feet, they are mm. fucked, and I could not deal with them. Anyway, so step. how are you going, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right, all right. So, anyway, so like I said before, Brent recognizes Timmy, who is the brother of Mia, who's going out with Jamie, and Jamie and Mia are at the formal right now. Lola then, oh my god, okay, so this is so bad. Uh, Lola then brands Brent by carving oh. her initials onto his chest and then throwing like table salt onto it. And her and the dad just do it, and he's just screaming, and his screams are really hard to deal with. And they're just doing it to be like, oh, you shouldn't do too much. It's bad for you. It's supposed to be creepy, but it's just kind of a bit silly. But this scene in general is really full on. Now, after Eric, the dad, crowns Lola prom queen, they have this moment. I'm just back to trying to sell this movie. (laughs) It's like, fucking come on. Like, there's even, we don't even know what a prom queen is and we're fucking doing it for you. We're pretending to be like you. So they, they have oh. this moment where Lola's basically like, Brent, you're not the one. I thought you were, but you're just as silly as the rest of them. And I've got no further use for you now. Then she's like to her dad, the reason why I can't find anyone is because it's you. It's always been you. And they have this like prom dance and then they almost kiss. Like the whole thing is just like, it's, it's just, it's just very silly. It wouldn't sell in America and on reflection, that'd be, that's a step too far. But it's also like, what the fuck, right? Like this film is like, we will go there anyway. So I do get panicking though. Like I can imagine, like you and I are talking about how we're going to write this film and I presume we'll get to it later this episode, but I can imagine being like, you know, getting two thirds through being like, all right. Then be like, Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> how do we <laughs> writing camp ends the Savo. Like we've got to check out by 10 AM tomorrow. Uh, how are we going to end this thing? So they almost kiss, but then they're like, no, We've got a deal with Brent. So Eric, the dad, opens a trapdoor on the floor into like a massive cavernous basement, like a concrete basement. Amazing. Revealing a cellar filled with the naked previous abductees still alive who have all become these sort of like feral monsters. And they throw like a headless cat down to them and they all fight over this headless cat tearing it apart, right? Like, this is not where I expected it to go. Yeah, okay. These are all the previous victims, right? Then they prepare to send Brent down. And before they do, they have to lobotomize him because they say this is going to turn his head to mush and he'll just become like them by Uh, drilling a hole through his skull and pouring uh, boiling water down there. uh, Which is just awful, right? Like awful, awful, (laughs) awful, right? Which will just boil the brain is what they say. Boil the brain. I don't... Like, that's like something from a medieval fairy tale, and it still oh, makes yeah, me feel... shove some leeches down there or yeah. some shit. Like, anyway, oh. so so this is where Shag, I'm like... Shag, is this the most upsetting bit in the film? I'm actually really upset. This is pretty upsetting. So Lola's like, I want to do it this time, Daddy. And she tries, but the drill bit just, like, glances off his head. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the dad's like, oh, it's it's actually not easy to drill in someone's <laughs> head. You've got to use force and just 
push it in, right? And I'm like, fuck, finally, someone has said yes. that a drill is not a handy horror weapon. And it's actually a lot of hard work. This is why they needed us as consultants, Shag. This is why our consultancy is going to go so well. Anyway, anyway, oh. so she she does drill the hole and it's fucked. So drills the hole oh. in his skull, tries to pour the water and she can't quite get the water in the hole and splashes it on the dad. And then, like, probably the most fucked bit in the film. She's like, Daddy, can you make the hole bigger? And then we see from behind his head the dad get the drill back into Brent's skull and we just see little bits of smoke coming up from it. So we see the back of Brent's head, we see the dad from the front and a bit of the drill and we see smoke coming up from where it's drilling in and we hear his screams. And that, to me, was probably the worst part of this film. This is really giving me the early early spooko feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We nearly done. <laughs> so Brent again manages to free himself this time because he's had, after he went outside, he managed to get the necklace off his chain. So it's been in his uh, yeah, pants the whole time. So yeah. at this point, like this whole time, he's been slowly cutting himself out of his bounds. He's finally out and he pulls one of the knives out of his, he pulls the knives out of his feet. He <sighs> has the drill. So he has the drill and the knife. He throws the drill at the dad and then just stabs the shit out of him. Just stab, 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 stab. And pushes him into the cellar where our... Ah, uh, feral... Our feral lobotomized yeah, boys tear him apart. And unhinged Lola... And he hasn't seen down here, right? So he pushes him in, looks down, and is like, what the fuck is in here? At this point, Lola takes her moment to push him in there as well. <sighs> She then throws everything she can get her hands on at him, but Brent finds a flashlight and a hammer among the thrown objects and uses them to defend himself against the captives, killing them all. So he's just down there with a whole bunch of corpses. And then Lola closes the hole. Lola then goes to the bedroom of her mum, which we discover is her mum, which is Bright Eyes. And smothers oh. her to death and says, Good night, Mom. Because and and then it says here, she's jealous of the dad, like because she's in love she with the dad. Fuck her dad. Or, yeah. That's a really like I feel like that's fairly irresponsible to put in the script, I must say. <laughs> it's really irresponsible. <laughs> it's really upsetting. It's not good. All right. <laughs> now, when this this happens. This is again like this is this is just saved to the second last paragraph in Wikipedia. But there's a whole other subplot when Brent doesn't show up to the date. A worried Holly informs Mia's father, who's a police officer, and so he's been searching as this is happening to work out where Brent's gone because they're like, this is a bit weird. Why is he gone? He knows through the mum that he he often goes to the cliff to think. Finds the smash phone is like foul play. I'm going to investigate this. Now, he enters Lola's house on a tip because, you know, obviously he knows Lola asked Brent through Holly. So he goes to the tip, looks in the window, sees all the blood and shit on the ground. Is like, okay, something's up. Goes in with his gun drawn, eventually opens, like hears the sounds underneath, opens up, sees Brent down there and is like, oh my God, what the fuck? Then he's killed from behind by Lola with a meat cleaver. Right uh, there. Classic, the shining moment. Yeah, I get totally. it. Totally. And then he yep. falls into the pit as well. Lola then taunts Brent, saying she's going to kill his mother as revenge for her father and then going to kill Holly for breaking her heart. And then she leaves. After she leaves, 
Brent manages to use all the corpses as a makeshift ladder to climb out of the pit. So, so now it's sort of like daylight. Lola is clutching a scrapbook, covered in blood, holding the meat cleaver, walking down this same road from the beginning. As Holly is racing towards Lola's house, she throws her scrapbook at the windshield. Holly stops. She jumps in the car. There's a fight ensues. And then it's Lola chasing Holly down the road with this knife. And it's one of those moments where it's like, you're on a country road, someone's coming at you with a knife. Yeah, maybe you could overpower them, but surely your first thing would be, I'm just going to run away. And it's like, where do you run? So she's just running down this road with Lola chasing behind her with the knife. Meanwhile, Brent has made it out of the house, (laughs) climbs into the police car, is racing back to find, I mean, basically going back to the town to tell anybody sees Holly on the street, swerves to miss her in a mirror of the scene from the start, and this time hits Lola, stops the car. Holly gets in the car, looks at him, sees the blood, the hole in his forehead, is like, oh, my God. The two embrace. He looks behind the car, sees a severely injured Lola on the street. There's a real pause on her for us to just know that this is going to be like that she knows what's coming, we know what's coming. Brent reverses the car, striking Lola in the head, and we see it crush her skull, and she's dead. Brent and Holly arrive back home where a shocked Carla embraces her son. That's the end of The Loved Ones. Peach, how do you feel? I don't think I've been this upset for many, for many a long one. I don't know, Shag, this one really fucking got me. It started off with injecting the bleach... I I could not watch this one. This one would really get me. I don't think a lot. Like I, I don't think I found it difficult to watch. I don't think a lot of people could. But by the same token, I I definitely found this. Oh God, it sounds awful to say, but I found this a lot more enjoyable than some of the more disturbing films we've done. Once again, thank you to everyone for suggesting films. Please keep <sighs> suggesting films that we haven't done already. Different ones to this though, like. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> This actually is, you didn't even say this is one of the worst ones yet or anything. It's not one of the worst. Well, do you think this is one of the worst ones? It's pretty this is, bad. This is one of the most physical response. Like, this is, I wasn't ready for this. I was coming in full fucking self-care mode. I've been to the beach today. <laughs> a little bit sun-kissed. Had a nice meeting before this. Got a couple of nice meetings lined up. Um, you know, uh, like, fucking, I don't know, exercise regimen's going well like New Year's resolutions in place. Uh, got, got some new TikTok followers after the shout-out on the previous thing. You know, I'm Shag, I was ready to go. This is this is what the first Spookos were like. You don't have to go back and listen. This is how I felt back then. This is how you made me feel back then. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up? This podcast has really fucked with my algorithm. Like YouTube's like, Peach, don't worry. I know what you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girls. <laughs> <laughs>